you may have realized that being healthy feels different than it did in the past now that you're over 50. If you want to maximize your health potential but don't have time to read through overwhelming pages of Google links, this is the show for you. Welcome to Healthy Tips After 50. We love doing the research, finding solutions, talking to health experts, and learning what works and what doesn't. Now, your host. She spent the last 25 years dedicated to feeling her best and is here to share her best findings with you, Susan Rosen. Hi, I'm your host, Susan Rosen. Today, we are going to be talking about gastropause. So you've all heard about menopause and you've heard about male menopause. And the third one is gastropause. And what gastropause is, is that as you get older, your stomach, as with everything else in your body, starts to slow down in the amount of stomach acid that it produces. And consequently, what ends up happening is that you're not digesting your food. And a lot of the time, when your stomach starts to bother you or you have some of your food coming back up through your esophagus and burning, you'll go to the doctor and the doctor will say, oh yeah, you've got too much stomach acid. So we're going to give you these prescriptions. Well, most of the time, that is not the problem. The problem is that you don't have enough stomach acid. And so your food is starting to sit in your stomach and it starts to create its own issues and then it starts to come up because it's not able to dissolve enough to go down into your intestines. Interestingly enough, there was a 1932, that's 32, research publication that the Mayo Clinic did, and it was titled The Normal Range of Gastric Acidity from Youth to Old Age. And they talked to and did tests on 38, excuse me, 3,300 research volunteers between the ages of 20 and 79. They also did some on the side on 365 children or people aged 1 to 20 and threw those in as well. Here is the report that they had about the percentage of the people in each of the different age groups as to what their hydrochloric acid levels in their stomachs. It's interesting that as was to be expected, the frequency of the problem of not having enough stomach acid or hydrochloric acid started increasing in both sexes, male and female, until the ages of 60 to 69. And they decided and said that the reason that the number of people went down after 65 is because those people who had the suboptimal level of stomach acid had died of other causes because all of the food that your body gets and that needs comes through your stomach. And if you can't break it down, then you can't get all of those good vitamins and 
you're not going to be as long lived because you don't have those gastric juices that help with digestion. And that means that you're not digesting your proteins, you're not digesting your fats, and you're not getting those building blocks and amino acids that you need in order to get your body healthy and keep it healthy. The levels that they found in people, remember this is 1932, was that in the 20 to 29 age group, there were 5.7% of men and 10.8% of women who had low stomach acid. In the 30 to 39 group, it was 8% for men and 21% for women. So you can see it's already starting to go down. 40 to 49 years old men, the level was 22.7%. And for women, 32.6% had low stomach acid. From 50 to 59, it goes up to 38.3% for men, 40.9% for women. And at 60 to 69, men were up to 49.8%, that's almost half, and women were 59.2%, and that's over half. And then when you get to the 70 to 79 group, men have dropped down to 42.2, and women have dropped down to 35.5. And again, the reason that they gave as a possible explanation was that the people over age 65 who had tested with low or no stomach acid were starting to have issues and probably just don't live as long. And you're probably thinking to yourself, well, how does this affect me? I think that you probably should pay attention because if you go to your doctor, to just the normal doctor and not to a holistic or natural doctor, someone who is versed on the more natural and not quite so heavily dependent on the pharmaceuticals and the pharmaceutical companies for what they give you, that you'll probably be given something that suppresses your stomach acid. I know that that's what they tried to give me many years ago when I went in with heartburn. And luckily I had an allergy reaction to it. And so I stopped taking it because they gave me Nexium. At that point, I started doing a lot of my own research and trying to find out what was going on and what I could do on a different level to try and help my heartburn. And that's when I found a book that is called Why Stomach Acid is Good for You. That's when I found out that it is good for me, that it is what breaks down the nutrients and gives me the ability to stay healthy. It was really quite an eye-opener. The book, again, is called Why Stomach Acid is Good for You. It is by Dr. Wright, W-R-I-G-H-T, Jonathan V. Wright, MD. He actually is up in at the Tahoma Clinic, which is up in Washington. You can get the book. I believe it's still on Amazon. I will try and put a link to it in 
the show notes in case you're interested. I found it really interesting. And my understanding is that it's really, even though it was written a, a while ago, that it's actually still pretty accurate and up to date in that way. With all of this, it seems that sooner or later, everybody gets an upset stomach. And sooner or later, some everyone gets a little bit of what's traditionally called heartburn, which is the burning in the back of your throat and maybe even in your chest, which is what I had as well. Let's talk a little bit about some of the things that the tradi more traditional doctors prescribe for heartburn. And mind you, they are usually, at least I didn't have the experience where they were going in and measuring how much stomach acid I had in my stomach. Most of the time, they're going to give you antacids and what are called PPIs, which are the Nexiums and the Prevacids and, and that sort of thing. And then what happens is that does reduce the stomach acid, which actually isn't really what you need. And so the acid then doesn't burn as much. The issue is though, as I said before, is that the food doesn't go down as well. And so it kind of sits there and it kind of brews. Your esophageal sphincter, which is what they call the, the bottom part of your esophagus, it actually starts to not be as tight and can be caused by food allergies and sensitivities by caffeine, alcohol, and nicotine. It can also happen when none of those things are going on. Doctors aren't sure why, but some think that more acid and not less actually keeps the valve firmly shut and keeps it in better shape than when it relaxes in the presence of lower stomach acid. It seems that having st more stomach acid and a more normal level of stomach acid actually exercises that valve better and keeps it tighter and fitter. So consequently, what ends up happening is that if you're taking these antacids and PPIs, then yeah, you're not having the same kind of heartburn, but the valve is getting more relaxed. And by getting more relaxed, it's letting more food come back up. And it's kind of this catch 22, I guess. The funny thing is that so often doctors and other people, and especially if you listen to the commercials on TV, are always telling you that the people have too much stomach acid. And as you get older, you get more and more stomach acid. But I've already just read to you all of those numbers and the levels for people. And it is very clear that the level of stomach acid in people as they get older goes down and not up. What we all need is to start looking at what are the alternatives in curing heartburn. And that is going to be actually adding some additional acid into your stomach. You can try doing that initially yourself by taking about a tablespoon of lemon juice before you have a meal and see whether that hurt helps or not, or if it makes it worse. For myself, I know 
it was eye-opening, the difference. I started taking, trying out with the lemon juice and my heartburn stopped right away. That's why I'm such a big proponent of the adding acid back group rather than the, oh, let's stop the acid. It's so important to have stomach acid and to have higher stomach acid so that you can digest and get into your system protein, vitamins, minerals, other nutrients that you are putting into your stomach. If it's just sitting there and it's not getting broken down, how do you think your body is going to be taking advantage of it and using it? Which is probably why they said in that 1932 study that they felt that the reason the number of people with low stomach acid went down over 65 is because people just weren't around anymore who had low stomach acid. I hope that all of this will make you aware that there are different ways of treating different issues. There are some things where it's definitely good to go to a regular doctor or hospital or or whatever, but there are also a lot of times where it's better to go to a functional medicine doctor who can do both and do whatever is going to be the best for you. And in this situation, I think a functional doctor is going to help more so with the stomach acid because they're going to be treating you with more of the items that have been in use for many, many, many years before they started developing all these pharmaceuticals. So find yourself a functional medicine doctor. You know that you should always get more than one opinion about a lot of things, this being one of them. And if your heartburn is really, really bad and it really doesn't help, I'm not talking about if they give you Nexium, but if some of these other things don't help, then go in and ask the doctor that tell them that you wanna get your stomach acid level measured that would be the best place to start and to figure out what kind of help you need to get your stomach into the best shape that it can be. Don't forget, I am not a doctor. I am only telling you what I've learned and what my experience has been. Definitely go see your own doctor. Go see a functional medicine doctor if you're not already or perhaps your doctor will already be looking at this this way and not be wanting to hand you pharmaceuticals just as soon as you walk in the door. That's it for today's show. Leave me a comment. Would love to hear from you. As I say, I will put a link in the show notes for Dr. Wright's book, It's a very small book, very readable, and lots of great information in it. And I will see you next time for Healthy Tips After 50. This has been Healthy Tips After 50 with Susan Rosen. To stay on the cutting edge of the most effective health strategies, subscribe to this podcast and let us know what you thought of the show with a comment or like on iTunes. Visit HealthyTipsAfter50.com for this episode's show notes, more resources, and free offers.